Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to another episode of Storytellers Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Cornell Thomas, and today I am with a very special guest, Ione Butler, who is an actress, podcast host, creator. I'm just going to say a lighthouse because whenever I meet people that are doing all these just amazing things on the planet, you can say their resume and you can say their titles, but really for me, it's about the person. So Ione, thank you so much. Uh, for coming on the podcast today, and we appreciate you having me. Thank you so much. I've never been called a lighthouse before. That's, uh, that's I like that title. Thank you for giving I'm me that. I'm different. <laughs> I'm different. I just got, I go everywhere. So I only I was I've gotten an opportunity to follow. You know, I went all through your website and your Instagram, and one I call you lighthouse for a reason. When I see it, I immediately I'm happy. Like I'm, I immediately smile. Because you can go on social media and dive down a rabbit hole of despair and depression and just nonsense, craziness. But when I see yours, it's like you're smiling. And it doesn't mean that there's not things that are happening in your world that might cause you not to smile. But what you put out there on the planet is just such a beautiful thing. And I'm very curious, how did this all start? Like, how did I only get to where she is now? I would love for you to just kind of bring us through your story a little bit. Sure. Yeah. Um, Cause it definitely ties into the work I do. So um, uh, I'm born and raised in England. Uh, I live out in the U S now. I came out here for acting, um, but growing up um, I was an only child, which for the longest time I thought the term was lonely child. I thought that's what it was. Cause I was lonely. And then I like, 20 or so, I realized it was only child um, that I was, I dealt with a lot of depression when I was younger and um, felt very low, had suicidal thoughts. Um, it was, it, it was, a really sad time um, and there was a long period of time where I didn't really understand what it was I just didn't want to be sad when I got a bit older I was like let me try some antidepressants and I remember saying to the doctor I just don't want to be sad anymore but again still didn't really understand that just like taking antidepressants doesn't address the root cause of what causes us these feelings um, and when I got a little bit older I started a um, network marketing company which I no longer do anymore but one of the things I'm really grateful for the company for is it taught me about um, entrepreneurship, um, business mindset, reading. They had a huge personal development push. And um, I had this like massive reading list. And in that reading list, I started to read books about mind and the power of now by Eckhart Tolle was a really big one, which for the first time I understood that um, the way I thought was affecting how I felt. You know, I was my own worst enemy. I would say horrible things to myself. Um, I just basically started to understand my mind a bit better. And one of the things that I remember when I felt really, really low and down was I was like, I want to watch something. I want to find something that can like help me out of this, that can like lift me up and shake me out of this feeling. Um, Cause there's good things happening and there's inspiring stuff out there. And it was really difficult to find. Like I would struggle to find something good to like make me feel better. Um, and so years later, um, when I kind of started to feel better for myself and find my own ways through dealing with depression, I decided to launch uplifting content. And uh, the premise of it is just basically social media real estate that is just solely for the benefit of making you feel good. You know, so um, videos, articles, um, graphics, stories. Uh, I had the uplifting podcast for a little bit that I used to do. Uh, which is awesome thought leaders about stuff that can lift you up. And then most recently, the Uplifting Stories book, which is a collection of inspiring stories about amazing people. Because 
I just feel like there's, there's so much going on and it's very easy to feel hopeless and like the world is awful and everybody's awful. But then there's so many million more people doing really great things in spite of all of these horrible things um, that we don't talk about. And, and, it, and I, I don't want people to like bury their head in the sand and pretend that nothing bad ever happens and just think positive, think positive. Like that's, I, I'm not for that. But I'm just making us aware that we need to balance, you know, the stories yeah. um, and remind ourselves that there are amazing humans doing great things. I believe more of those than there are awful sure. ones. I love it. And I feel the negative people are just the loudest, right? Like we have to make the positivity more, uh, a little bit louder. And I think it's not as sexy to be positive right nowadays. If you see it, like, it seems like the more negative you are, the more train wreck, like you see all these reality shows and the whole episode is people fighting. Well, there's a, there's a scientific reason behind that, um, which is called our negativity bias. Mm -hmm. So previously, um, you know, back in the day when we were hunter gatherers, you know, dealing with all facing real threats, you know, physical real threats just by being a day to day, we, our brain is wired to pay attention to things that could save our lives. So you hear a rustle in the bush, you immediately go, is that a threat? And, and you, you, you do that. So we, we still have that in us so that when we see this, these bad news, train wrecks, car, like, you know, all this car crashes, we pay attention to it. Um, and that's why news outlets pay it because it play it a lot because everybody tunes in and watches it when there's something awful that's happening. But what we need to do as conscious human beings is go, okay, this is what we're programmed to do. It doesn't make me feel good. I don't need to be jumping on this negative, stressful, horrible news all the time. I can understand that, right. It's a reaction. I can put that aside yeah. and look at other things that make me feel better, um, and do better. So yeah. Yeah, I think that's why we get churned it out so much because yeah. we're attracted to it. Sure. And I, I feel like as an only child, right? Like just the friends that I, people that I know, my wife is an only child. Like the people that I know that are only, you know, children are, they just have a different level of toughness because I have a gang of brothers. Like I have five brothers and a sister. So if I'm going through something, I could talk to one of them right and even mm. if three of them are busy i still have a couple more that i can kind of <laughs> yeah. the catalog. that's amazing you have like yeah like a rolodex <laughs> yeah it's like okay come on can you no okay cool. but Thanks. for you you know growing up and dealing with depression on your own and then going into a career of theater when you're going to hear no more than you're going to hear yes mm. and it's such a anxiety driven like stressful profession how did you deal with that without having, I mean, you know, have your parents, et cetera, but without having kind of your peers or brothers and sisters to talk to, like, how did you pick that one, pick that profession and yeah. then do this at a very, very high level, the schools that you went to in England, right? Mm -hmm. Like you have some, the people, the list of people that have gone to some of the schools that you performed at, mm -hmm. how did you, how did you navigate that? So it's an interesting story. The reason for getting into acting is because I was lonely and sad and depressed. And I remember thinking that if I'm famous, people will like me and people I'll be, I'll be, I'll have, I'll be worthy, you know? And, and looking back, it was a really sad thing because there's a lot of very famous people that are very sad. And sadly, a lot of famous people that have killed themselves, you know, some of the greats. And so that wasn't the answer, you know, being famous wasn't the answer to that, but that was what kind of shifted me on that path. I also was in school plays and I loved, I loved performing. I just loved that thrill. I like that, 
buzz when you're kind of another character. So I, I did enjoy it, but the, the uh, big catalyst was people will love me if I'm famous. Yeah. Um, and then I went down the path and I went to the drama schools I went to. The first one I went to, the Brit School, I did musical theater because I didn't really know what musical theater was. I just thought you got to sing, dance and act. I didn't, mm -hmm. I didn't know what musicals were at the time. Um, and then I got there and realized that I, my singing was not great compared to some of these amazing people yeah. in my school. My dancing was, I had not danced all my life like other people, um, but acting I, I could do and I was good at. And so that kind of came my, my focus and my journey. Um, and then uh, it, it, I mean, what, what I would say is um, uh, equating my worth to a, my success as an actor was a really bad idea mm. because for the longest time I was like, you need to be the best actress in the world. You need to be winning Oscars. And if you don't, you're a failure at life. And so every time I didn't get my jobs, uh, it was crushing, so crushing and debilitating. And um, it, was, it was just everything because I, I, I had put that, I was on that journey where you need to do this in order to feel like your life is worth it. Mm. Um, and then in 2016, around the time I started uplifting content, um, I met a great, amazing human being, an influencer called Prince EA, who does beautiful spoken word videos. Uh, he's just, he's just, he is an ultimate lighthouse. Um, and um, I was working with him and following his work. And we started an earlier version of uplifting content together. And uh, it, was, it was interesting to have that shift to, to have to start building and growing something else. Um, I started um, a few other businesses. I took a little hiatus from acting. I went traveling. And when I came back to acting, it was a very different feeling. I, I'm, I'm doing it now because I love it. I, I'm not doing it because I, I desperately need this job. Otherwise, I'm not going to be able to pay my bills. You know, it's not that anymore. Um, and so, uh, yeah, it, it was a journey. Um, I think a big thing in the middle was finding community. That was really important. Uh, beginning part of my life in LA, I, you know, it's a new country that I'd moved to struggling. I didn't have the close relationships or friendships. It took a while to build that. And when I did find my tribe, as it were, things were so, just having someone to be able to pick up the phone to. It's so important. Like we are social beings. We need human connection. It's like a chapter in my book, Uplifting Stories, like human connection is so important. So I, I, yeah, I did feel the loss not having that when I was younger, but I definitely found it later on in life than I would have hoped, but uh, definitely have people now that I turn I, to. I feel like with stories, and this is, again, you know, this is your whole entire book, but I feel when you talk with people, there are these moments in their life, right, where there's either something that happens, an event that happens, or a person that affects them, that kind of changes the whole trajectory. Yeah. Right. And mm -hmm. it's like the people that I interview and just I know my own personal story. There are three or four people that I thought for sure I was going this way. And then I beeline this way because I was just inspired or, you know, I saw something, you know, something happened that kind of was like, dude, you're not supposed to be doing this. Go here. Right. Yeah. When you started uplifting stories and started interviewing people, all sorts of different types of people, you know, races, religions, genders, you know, everything. What was some of the common themes that you were finding in these in these uplifting stories that you that you were uh, discovering? Um, pretty much like you said, actually, and I I picked this up because I had the podcast before I had the book. Um, one of the things that I noticed was it it was the, whatever somebody's uh, trauma was or their dark times or their struggle. 
is the thing that was the catalyst for them to do great things for others and to help others. And so from my own experience, it was depression. So my whole thing became about trying to lift people up, offering advice and help for people dealing in that situation. But it was, uh, you know, uh, a woman that I interviewed for the book who was raped and now she um, is, is all about helping support victims and giving them the tools and the support they need when they're going through something like that. Um, and so it's, 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 it was pretty much just like you've said, people taking their uh, toughest times, their struggles and doing something good with it. Um, and one of the things I learned recently was about uh, a single post-traumatic growth. We've all heard about post-traumatic stress, but there's definitely post-traumatic growth where after a traumatic experience, people have these kind of awakening moments. It's like, you know, when you thinking you're going to die or you've had something really horrible happen and you go, oh my God, I can do so much with life now when you've got, got that second chance. And so for some people, a good amount of people that I've interviewed, there, there's an element of that too, which I think yeah. is really empowering. And it's just like, you know, we have the choice to take all of these things that happen to us and um, do something great with it in spite of how awful it may have been. Yeah, that's awesome that you say that because when you hear about people that experience like these near-death experiences mm. and then they come back, sometimes they come back as a completely different person. Like, okay, wait, I'm going to appreciate every moment that I have. Oh, yeah, on this yeah. Planet. I always tell people, I'm like, when I go and speak, I'm like, if things are really, really bad, like horrible, just think to yourself, you're on a rock floating in space. Like, yeah. li like literally on a rock floating in space yeah. right like and we like the things that are flying past this rock like on a second to millisecond basis right yeah. we have no idea but that's what you're doing right now as, yeah. we're, as we're living so that kind of just kind of centers me a little bit where i'm like okay cool man like it's not it's not as crazy as you may think it is like you can get through it yeah, that's so funny. Uh, I did one of the first um, uplifting content videos that we did. There was like mm -hmm. a, and there was a call to, there was a thing at the end, which was pretty much a quote like that. We're just monkeys flying on a rock through space. <laughs> <laughs> so it's basically like the, the whole thing was about, you know, letting things go. Yeah. And uh, yeah, just, 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 just kind of putting things in perspective. That was what it right. was. And there was outcry of that. Like some people loved it and some people hated it. So the, the reason behind the video is because sometimes whenever I get really worked up, I just kind of picture myself as a, you know, as a, in, as an organism in this gigantic universe. Yeah. And then you're like, really, does it matter if I got that parking ticket, you know, in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. And so the video was about that, but it was interesting how some people really hated it mm -hmm. because they were like, Oh, so what you're just saying that our lives mean nothing and that my problems mean nothing. And yeah. It was just really interesting. I'm like, no, it, it's, it's all about perspective. I'm not saying you mean nothing. I'm just yeah. saying like there's, there's bigger things. Yeah. Like there's bigger things out there. And do we need to be so caught up in the minutiae? It was just funny how it yeah. brought some people but it's, it, but it's funny how you can post something like that, right? Mm -hmm. About perspective and putting things in perspective. And to your point before, when you said the way our brains work, right? We have a negativity bias. Yeah. And how people, immediate, some people immediately look at that as, well, what are you're you saying that um, I'm, yeah. yeah, right. And then there's other people that are like, oh, I get it, right. Yeah. And if I say like, if Jesus flew down here tomorrow, somebody would say something about his sandals, right? Like, yeah. there, there's always going to be people that it's very hard for them to rewire. Yeah, that, 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 that brain that's been around for millions of years, it's very hard to rewire that thinking. Where they yeah. when they hear the thing in the bush, not only are they like, there's something there, they're like, oh, I'm gonna stay in the house and lock the doors and never come back out. Yeah, right. Yeah. So. 
so you're so you're from England. You moved to LA. When did you move to LA? How old were you? And also, what was that transition like going from? Because I've been to the U. I've spoken to the UK a bunch of times. I've been there eight times a lot since 2015. Nice. I, I love Probably it. more more than me by the way. <laughs> <laughs> like all over, all over, and I, I really love being there. And I and I've been to LA a gang of times. So that's a very different. <laughs> very different. It is. What was that like? You know, did you come here by your, did you go to LA by yourself? Did you like, what was that transition like? Yeah. So, um, I had left drama school. I was struggling to get anywhere with acting in the UK. It's a much smaller market in the UK. And if you don't really hit it big right out of drama school, you, you're pretty much not going to get anywhere, which was what I was experiencing. And I was working in an office. It was very depressing. I remember because it rains a lot for anyone that's not been yeah. to the UK. It's gray and rainy pretty much all the time. I was working in an office. So I was leaving first thing in the morning. It was pretty much dark working in nine hours coming back. It was dark. I was probably making about 250 pounds after taxes, which is like $400 a week, which is like, how do you survive it? London's very expensive. Um, so I was doing that and I was like, this is a really sad existence. Um, and a friend of mine who I'd gone to drama school with was, uh, he was a series regular on a show filming in New York. And I was like, just messaged him on Facebook to be like, hey, how's it going? Some of my friends had gone out to join him on set. And I'm like, he's living my best life basically. And he said that um, it was amazing. And that if it wasn't for getting his visa for the US, he would have gone out a lot longer because there's so much more opportunity, especially for people of color. Mm. Now this was in 2012 and uh, uh, before the whole uh, diversity thing, yep. which, in that, which it is now, which I'm very grateful for. But even then, America was way more diverse than England ever was in TV and film. And so I got it in my mind. And my dad is an American citizen. He was originally from the Caribbean, the Bahamas. Um, and I thought that I could get a green card through him easily. Mm -hmm. That wasn't the case. It would have taken eight years to get a green card through him because you have to go on a waiting list after you're over a certain age. So I was like, okay, scrap that, find a new plan. Um, and I managed to, I'd gone out to the, I went to LA for a month to explore and to see how I felt about it found a manager, found a lawyer, went back to England, did all the things necessary to get the, my first visa. And then six months later, I moved back um, and I moved on my own. Everybody said that it was quite a brave thing, but I really don't feel like it is, especially with the US. It's an English speaking country. Mm -hmm. Worst case scenario, I just go back to England. That was kind of how I saw it. And so I would say when it, without anybody thinking of making a big move, just like, just do it. Like, I, I always call it um, like a hard reset mm -hmm. when you do something like that because it forces you out of your comfort zone. I like it shifts this kind of like life energy where you're like, okay, making new connections, trying to hustle, trying to figure out how to make this work. We need to do that in life more often. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I did that and uh, it's been a journey, but it, I'm very glad. I, yeah. I feel much better here. Oh, and uh, compared to England, uh, LA, the sun shines yeah. every day, which was very good for my mental health. Yeah. People are very positive and out there pursuing their dreams. And I love English people, but we're a bit Debbie Downers. It's all kind of like, mm, that's not a good idea. Yeah, yeah, but what if it doesn't work? And yeah. Mm, yeah. a lot of that attitude. So I definitely felt more uh, inspired in LA. Yeah. Uh, where do you get your drive from? Like, are your parents like, are your, what, do, what did your parents do growing up? Like, where do you get, because you have, I only, I know this is like, it's just who you are. It's like kind of probably naturally you just, you just go, 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 go. Right. Yeah. But like what you have is a very special drive, right? Mm. Like you're saying it really matter of factly, like, oh, well, you know, I just, 
But like that's something in in you that is special. It's not mm. it's not ninety nine percent of the population doesn't have that. Maybe five percent, maybe ten percent, right? And I hear you say it, and I'm getting fired up and inspired. <laughs> so dope. So like, where do where do you think you get your drive from? Like for me personally, it was like my mom. You know, my mom worked three jobs, mm. raised five kids. So I got a chance to see what work ethic was every single day. So yeah. I got that from her. You know, I'm always curious about people's drive. So where do you think that you got yours? Yeah, my mom was a very hard worker. She's a single mom who raised me and like worked her butt off. Um, I would always try to encourage, like, why don't you start? She'd always have issues with everywhere she was working and but would stick it out. And I'm like, why don't you start your own business? She never would. So I didn't get the entrepreneurial stuff from her, but I definitely got the drive and you work hard and you, you, you make things happen, but you do it basically. But there was, I think there was like young age realizing, oh, another thing was, my mom was a travel agent, so I traveled the world from a very young age. Uh, while we weren't very wealthy, she, we, she had a range of friends who of all different, um, uh, who were, you know, different classes or whatever. And I got to see, I got to see mega wealthy people. Also, um, later on when um, my, she settled down with my stepdad, who was a photographer, I got, he was a photographer for the Backstreet Boys and all these bands. So I got to like travel and see bands and whatever. So I had a, like, I saw what existed. I think that's hard, well, as too, if you don't know what you can aspire to, it's hard to go for it. But I had like a big thing of like the world and different types of businesses and fame and all that kind of stuff. But it was um, from a young age realizing that I could make things happen. Um, I think there's three main ones. Um, getting my driving dr driving license. I used to wait for hours and hours of my life as a teen for a bus, the one bus that would go from outside my place. And I just remember thinking, I just want to drive one day. I failed twice my driving test, passed on the third time. And I remember all the times failing and all that whole period waiting for the bus. You're gonna, one day you're going to get your driving thing. Mm -hmm. And then when it happened, I was like, there we go. I've made it happen. And then 10 years later, I'm like, just to think back to that time where I thought, you know, I just, I just wanted it. This realization that you can make stuff work and then getting into the drama schools that I got into, that was the next big step of like making my dreams happen and then getting my visas and stuff for the US. Mm -hmm. And it was just this realization that like, once I've, you set your mind to it, you decide, you do the research, you find out what's necessary, you figure out the ways, and then you do the things that you need to do, and then equals the thing that you want. And it's just, it can take years, it can take a few weeks, it can take a few months, but knowing that I can make something happen, I mean, but we, but we all can. And I think that it's just a, a belief. And like, once you've had a couple experiences where you're like, oh, I did that, I got into that school, or I, you know, got this, whatever it is. Um, just knowing that you can apply that to anything. Yeah, I love it. I love that. I think the dream with the do, right? When you, you not only dream mm. and visualize, but you add the do to it. When you add the yeah. do to it, now things can happen. I think when the, that book, The Secret, first came out, people thought mm. that if they sit crisscross applesauce and just say like, I want to be a millionaire. I want to be like, money was going to come from the ceiling and start hitting them in the face, right? Mm. Like manifestation, I mean, the Bible talks about it. I mean, manifestation, all that stuff, that takes action. Like you have exactly. to do stuff. That was my very feeling. That was one of the first books that I read on personal development. And that was my feeling too. And that's, I, I liked it. It kind of got me in a different headspace. But then I was like, why aren't things magically happening? Yeah. And then, because it missed that important part of like, do something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, now you got to actually go and do it. Now you got to actually do it. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's I'm, still a lot of manifesting teachers or people that are like, just, you know, by doing it, it means that you don't trust and believe. And I'm like, no, I don't think that's the case. If, yeah. if Elon Musk just kind of hoped that he'd get to Mars and then just sat there and waited for it to happen. No, he works his butt yeah. off. 
Yeah, I, that that always confuses me. Like I, mm. and again, like my my background is at, in athletics, and so it's always confused me. Like I, I have players I used to work with, kids I used to work with that be like, "Hey, I want to, I want X, Y, Z. I want to do these things." Not say, "Okay, cool." Like if Z is the goal, then you can't skip X and Y. Like you have to do X and Y to get to Z. Because I, I was, you know, I went, I came from like terrible at athletics to, you know, seven hours, eight hours a day. That's all I did to get better. And I'm like, mm. well, I put in all that work to get better, you know, because my purpose was like, make sure my mom didn't have to work again. I was like, I need to pick mm. basketball so she have to work again. Mm. You know, so I, was, I had that thing to drive me and push me to do it. And I see people get to a certain point and then there's so much time they have to put in where they're like, eh, I'm good. Mm-hmm, right? Like, yeah. like, how many actors do you know that we're like, this is what I want to do, this is what I want to do. And then you realize that you didn't get booked the first 10, 15, 20 auditions that you went to. Right. And now they're like, you know, yeah. <laughs> they're back home, you know. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. my last two questions to you, Ioni, is one, what do you feel your purpose is on this rock? Oh, that's a good one. Um, I think uh, I think it's to one of the things that I like doing the most of all is just to uh, in, inspiring people to to um, to live a life that they want to live. So there's nothing more rewarding when someone tells me that like listening to what what I've done has got them, you know, moving to a different country or um, you know trying a new career path or something like that. I because I just think that we're capable of so much and uh, life can be so enjoyable when we're not afraid to like pursue the things that we want to do mm-hmm. um, rather than kind of be afraid and be stuck perhaps doing what we don't want to do. And so yeah. that, that's kind of, yeah. To, I like yeah. That. I like that. And my, my other question is what story when I only say this is, you know, we're hundred years down the line and you're no longer in this physical form, what story do you want people to say about you? Uh, oh, can I have an example? Well, like, what would be yours? Right. So I would want people to say that Cornell Thomas lived his life, lived his life helping people realizing that their life has purpose. Uh-huh. Right? Like, so that's my goal. People say, what's your purpose? And like helping people realize they have one. Like that's mm-hmm. my purpose. Whenever I go speak, I want people to realize that despite being on a rock, despite floating in space, there's a reason for our existence here, right? Like we're all mm-hmm. to the wheel. And this like conversation I'm having with you you share things to me that I can share to my daughter, share to my son, to people that I talk to. And that's mm-hmm. good. You're never going to see the ripple. You're never going to see what you just did, right? And I won't see what you just did. I will just spread it, right? So all these things that we do, we're affecting each other. We have no idea. So that's why mm. I in a positive way. So that's kind of like my, what I want the story to be is like, he was a kind dude, he was like, but he made me feel like there's a reason I was here. I like it. That helps. Okay, thank you. That's a good one. All right, so then Ioni, Ioni Butler... Um, uplifted millions and uh, inspired them to uh, enjoy life and live life to the fullest I love now that's a beautiful one right that's thank you that's a great one so how how do people that you know I hate even saying follow it's such a weird thing but how do people like (laughs) that pay attention to what engage engage thank you (laughs) engage with what I'm doing and etc how do they how do they get a chance to uh, learn more about you to obviously get the book, which everybody that is listening to this, you know, later on down the line, I would encourage you to do. I'm going to order it today off Amazon. Um, how, do they, how do they follow up and, and get more content from you? 
Sure. So um, upliftingcontent.com and then uplifting content on all the social media basically is where we uh, have the uplifting stuff. And then Ione Butler, uh, I-O-N-E Butler and all the socials and website and stuff is, is for me. And, and my stuff is a little bit more uh, business uh, like acting and performing and things mm -hmm. like that with, with uh, uplifting things dabbled in. Uh, but uplifting content is the main platform with Love all it. the uh, feel good things. I love it. Anybody that gets Ioni's uh, book, Uplifting Content, is in the first Uplifting Stories. I'm, I'm sorry, book. story. In the first <laughs> 10 days, I will give you a free high five from me. I will even make it like the top 10 high five where we go high and go low. Uh, free high five from me if, nice. you get, if you get a book. I'm going to be the first one to get it. Uh, I'm getting it tonight and I'll take a picture with it when I get it. But Ioni, I, I just want to thank you so much. Like I said in the beginning, you are an absolute lighthouse. And just seeing the things that you're putting out and the stories that you're putting out from all these different people, all these different walks of life, uh, it really, it's just such a feel, it makes me feel so good. And it gives me hope that there are millions, like you said before, millions of people out on the planet that want to see good. Their voices right. maybe might not be as loud yet, but people like you in this world are going to really make it louder and, and change the frequency on this planet. So like, I really thank you for being a guest today. Thank you. And thank you for having me on this uh, lovely podcast. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you.